As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning, that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast. So Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. On the 20th of June 2009, 
a heavily pregnant Crystal Fraser, who was 23, checked herself out of hospital to go to a party in Pyramid Hill, a country town in the far north of Victoria. Crystal had an intellectual disability and did not have any credit left on her phone to make any calls. One of the last sightings of Crystal that night was meeting an unknown, well-dressed man who was waiting for her at the Pyramid Hill train station. For a long time, too long, local police did not consider Crystal to be a victim of foul play and wrongfully believed she was responsible for her own disappearance. Our guest today, Dennis O'Brien, is a former police investigator and author of Last Train Home, a book in which he delves deep into the events of the people involved in Crystal's disappearance. Dennis spent a lot of time with Crystal's family and we begin this episode with him describing Crystal's early life. She was basically a victim her entire life, really. Um, I think her mum said she got to seven and just plateaued. So, you know, she didn't mature and didn't grow intellectually from there. She had a loving family and, and they supported her well. Brothers and sisters, you know, mum and dad say they grew up fighting like cats and dogs, but <laughs> they got to an age, those younger kids, when they started to realise that, you know, she probably needed a bit of assistance and they showed a bit of empathy after retirement. And they were all pretty close. But also mum and dad, I mean, they were just such hard workers. They, they were real goers. Yeah, they yeah. were. And they were working hard in their business and, you know, people around town say, well, they didn't have enough time for their kids, but they provided their kids with everything they ever wanted. So they were working in the interests of their children. At school, the teachers said, yeah, okay, she can read and write well, but told mum that she doesn't grasp the context of what she's reading. And mum also said... Her friends at school, and she loved school, were the teachers, helped the kids. So the kids sort of ostracised her a bit. You know, she, she didn't fit society's definition of a, a cool kid or a beauty or any of those things. What year was she born? So what, what, what sort of era are we talking about when she was at school? Well, she would have finished school in about 2005. But, you know, more so when she turned into adulthood and um, started to live a little bit more chaotically and... Spent a lot of time in the pubs, started smoking dope and then a lot of dope and hanging around these people that mum describes as dirtbags, seedy druggies and drunks. Because she was socially awkward and she sort of missed normal social cues, that she realised after a while that um, the women didn't like her, girls didn't like her. And so to make friends, she realised that men were friendly and she'd maintained friendships, but it was conditional on sex. So she, yeah, she was abused by those people and, and probably really didn't have a friend, really. So Crystal's pregnancy, at that time she said to her mum that she didn't know who the father of the baby was, right? Yeah, and she maintained that throughout, yeah. Her sister Chantelle said there could have been up to nine men who fathered her baby, so she was in a variety of relationships, intimate relationships with a number of men, Throughout those few years, she did have one long-term relationship, an intimate relationship with Peter Jenkinson, a suspect in the case, for about two years, I believe. He, he was 40 years of age when Crystal disappeared, when Crystal was 23. What can you tell us about him? Who is this guy? He's a local, unlike most of the people, that the men that Crystal was in relationships with, um, this guy um, held a good job, uh, good reputation in the industry, um, working with cattle in the dairying industry, was living alone at uh, Gunbauer when Crystal disappeared. 
the family only knew this guy by um, the moniker that um, Crystal had for him, which was PJ. He, he had had a long-term partner, a local woman from also from Gunbower for six years, and um, she ended the relationship because she was just sick of the lifestyle that they were leading. But um, she had no drama whatsoever with Jenkinson during that relationship. After that, he fathered a child to another woman. I believe that he was seeing Crystal during that relationship with the other woman who lived in Melbourne. Did anyone know that he was seeing Crystal? Did he talk about it? Did she talk about it? Apart from calling him PJ to her parents, did she talk about it with anyone else or did he? She was told that um, she had to maintain some secrecy about her relationship because he had to believe that um, he had a wife and two kids living with him in Gunbower, which was untrue. Crucially, her parents are supportive, her family is supportive, and the Department of Human Services is supportive, right? You know, Karen got them involved after learning of Crystal's pregnancy because Mm -hmm. she felt that Crystal needed it and the fact that the family were spending most of their week in Horsham in that business, that they'd be able to offer some more support and perhaps some education in dealing with the pregnancy and the baby. Karen organised a meeting with the DHS and Crystal to discuss it all. At that meeting, it was determined that Crystal would keep her baby and she would go into some a training session, basically, um, after leaving hospital with the baby and then be monitored for a period of about, oh, well, up to three months with visits from a DHS person, just monitor her, her capabilities. And Crystal was told that if she was able to um, or pass and qualify as far as they were concerned, she would keep her baby. And um, if not, that Karen would have to step in. In terms of um, keeping the baby, Crystal was aware that she was going to keep that baby. And, and excited about it by all accounts. Oh, I'm very enthusiastic. Everyone that I've spoken to has told me how enthusiastic she was. So she went to hospital on the Tuesday by ambulance to have a baby. She's in the maternity wing of the Bendigo Hospital awaiting the birth of a baby. The first day she arrived at the hospital, she gets a phone call and makes a contemporaneous note in her diary. So she, she writes straight after the phone call, just talking to my good mate PJ, I hope to catch up with him on the weekend if they let me out. So he knows she's in there. She re- released herself or discharged herself from the hospital on the Friday, the day before her disappearance. Her phone in that last week is running red hot. And and her mum says, oh, look, she was always on that bloody phone and to the extent that it was always running out of battery and all that stuff, which is why when she couldn't get hold of her for two days, she, she didn't panic because she thought, oh, she, look, I'm always leaving messages. She doesn't get back to me straight away, da-da-da. That's one of the reasons. But so in that last week, the phone's running hot. But now you realise after the fact that someone is ringing her a lot and sort of coaxing her out of hospital. Yeah. She returned home, I reckon, at his insistence and on the Friday, but she was too visible. She visited her mother, she, uh, sorry, her grandmother. She went to the pub. She, she might have even got a haircut that day, I think. So she was out and about seen. She was uh, in the pub and she told uh, a patron in the pub that she was waiting on her good mate to pick her up. And um, that didn't happen. She went home, rings an ambulance, heads back to um, the Bendigo Hospital. She's in contained in hospital the next day. 
she's happy staff are talking to her and then she raises this the idea that she might return to uh, Pyramid Hill, her hometown, because she'd been invited to a party. So then on the so already um, mum Karen's just figuring out logistics because she has to go and run the business, which consists of driving a truck all over the Wimmera Mallee region of Victoria, which for other listeners is just a really big area. And it's a confectionery truck and she's delivering confectionery to businesses around this huge area of the state of Victoria. So logistically, that just takes hours and hours and hours. So that's what she has to do. And the entire time she's thinking to herself, I'll wait for the phone to ring to tell me she's in labour or she's had the baby or whatever. That's the best she can do. And then they admonish Karen for not knowing where she is and all of that. And yeah, it's outrageous to me because she's supposed to be in hospital and they let her go. Yeah. And it was all Karen's fault. You know, this is the attitude of the person who rang the midwife. So... Karen snaps the key off in the lock of the truck, so friggin' angry with this this phone call, and disturbed, honestly disturbed. And um, so her and Chantel um, head back to Cameron Hill. First they went to um, Crystal's flat, uh, couldn't get in, but had a good look around and yelled out, spent a fair bit of time and spoke to some of the neighbours and no one had seen Crystal. So anyway, they they try and report it to the local cop. He's on duty, but he's not a, not around. It's a single person station. And so they task Crystal's paternal grandmother, Helen Fraser, Neil's mother, to report it because they're worried that Crystal is missing and this is something serious. But they've got to get this truck on the road. They've got to fulfill this job. Now, they hadn't been able to make those deliveries a week before, so they didn't make them this week. Potentially, they'd lose customers, they'd lose their business, all the shit on by, on the truck, $100,000 worth of product, would be approaching news by dates because we're talking chocolates and stuff. So the drama of that was overwhelming as well. Helen makes a, makes a report to the local cop, Jason Brady, senior constable Jason Brady. He'd been there for a couple of years at that stage. He'd had 16 years prior experience, so he wasn't an experienced or young cop. When Helen reports the matter to Jason Brady at the Pyramid Police Station, she says, he just wiped me. He didn't take me seriously. And he never, ever came near me again. He never rang me. He never provided any feedback. He never come around and asked any questions. He thought she was the architect of her own disappearance, simply simply ironing it up and not a genuine missing person. You know, that said, he, he still made some inquiries and visited the hospital in Bendigo, Viewed some CCTV at the hospital, made some inquiries at the railway station in Bendigo, but in the interest of finding her, but not necessarily in the interest of discovering the whereabouts of a missing person. He hasn't considered her a missing person. She'd already been missing for 60 hours mm. at this stage. She, she had a you know a full-term pregnancy. She was enthusiastic to have the baby. You know, there's a vulnerability around her intellectual disability. There was nothing to suggest she was fabricating her disappearance. There was no evidence of that. She had no finance, no one looking after her, no benefactor, you know, can financially support her. She's not answering a phone. There's no history of her disappearing. She would never, ever report as a missing person previously and behave as out of character. There was no confirmed sightings. There's no reasonable exoneration for her absence. When were her last known movements pieced together, finally? When did that start to come together? So the homicide finally got involved 47 days 
after <gasps> Crystal's disappearance. Oh, my God. So Brady had that case from Mars with no involvement from any other police. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Could we go through her movements that night? Because now we know there's so much and it's, it's intriguing. It's weird. There are other people and then there aren't, you know, she's with someone, then she isn't. She's on the train with this older lady who's a friend of Crystal's, who she's, she's bumped into on the train many, many times and she considers, considers a friend, Miss Hazel Whitmore, and uh, she bumps into her again. She sounds like a lovely, lovely person. They are chatting and she says to Hazel, I've got to text me mates, you know, I'm going back for a party. So the, the train stopped at Pyramid Hill Railway Station at 8.40pm, Crystal got out. She spoke to a dude she knew, Nicholas. They just had a bit of a chat and then they were walking um, along the platform. Nicholas noticed another man who appeared to be waiting for Crystal and it seemed impatient, like he wanted Crystal to hurry up. And Nicholas said that he, the guy looked really well dressed and he didn't look like the kind of guy that Crystal usually hung out with. He made that observation. And then the last time he saw Crystal, she was walking off with this guy. And then Crystal walked into the Pyramid Hill Bakery accompanied by A-Man. The lady who ran the bakery, Deborah Tracy, had a short conversation with Crystal and Crystal said, we are going to a party. And Crystal appeared cranky with the man that she was with. And then that same woman sees Crystal, she left the shop because she was going to a party, the woman who was from the shop, and uh, saw Crystal walking alone, you know, just a few minutes later. So this man had disappeared. Yeah, that's interesting. It sort of adds to the aimlessness of once she's sort of not with that guy anymore, it's like she gets off the train, he's waiting for her, she's walking with him, she gets to the bakery, the lady says she had the shits with this guy for some reason, I don't know why, and then the next minute she's alone and she's wandering around alone and a bit aimless. And then that's the last we see of her, isn't it? Well, we assume she's she's gone home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, we don't have access to the text messages because no one's ever found a phone. So the text messages might say, well, you know, you wait home, I'll pick you up and take you to this party. And that's a reasonable assumption because she was coming home for a party and that sounded genuine enough because she told enough people. 
say she's waiting at home and then at 11.59 p.m. that night, telephone records that the homicide eventually got show that she got a call at 11.59 p.m. and the caller was ringing from the Leechpool phone box. There's only one phone box in Leechpool. It was, it was outside the post office at the time. She gets this call. It lasts for 45 seconds. After that, she's the telephone records also show that it was still a little in Pyramid Hill at 17 minutes past midnight because she checked a phone for some data. Then at 1.45 a.m., the phone's picked up by the Patho Tower. Patho's an area east of Gunbower, so 35-odd k's sort of northeast at Pyramid Hill. So the phone's her and her phone was picked up, so she's moved from home. And she's obviously moving in a car because she's travelled some distance from home. So at 1.45, she's picked up on that Patho Tower, so yes, she's travelled there, and then... A little over an hour later, at 2.49am, the phone was checked for data again and it was picked up by the Leachville Tower then. So she's moved again, or at least her phone has. Her phone was turned off then. Her phone has never been turned on again. Her phone has never been found. So that's the last we've ever heard or know of Crystal Fraser. Can we go back to the significance of the phone booth? Let's, let's do the whole phone booth right now. The inquiries reveal that, yeah, the phone call came from the Leachville phone box. There were 19 phone calls to Crystal from that phone box over a period of 37 days. They started on the 14th of May, 2009. Prior to that, there'd been calls between this Peter Jenkinson and Crystal for about two years. Multiple phone calls, both ways, from his landline, from his mobile, from Crystal's mobile. Those phone calls stopped the day before calls from the Leechville phone box began. So there's an implication there that this could be the person. It's reasonable to assume that if he's made this phone call on the 16th of June, he's also the caller on the 20th of June. The person who rings Crystal at 11.59pm, and he's also the same person that rang, rang earlier on that Saturday, the last day, that Crystal was alive and he's personally invited to the party. That's a reasonable inference based on all those factors. We'll leave the results of the the inquest to readers of the book because the book is excellent and I really do want people, um, our listeners, to to read it for many, many reasons. Can I ask, are you optimistic that this will move forward from this point? I am optimistic that a suspect will be charged. Thank you to Dennis O'Brien. His book, Last Train Home, is available now and a link is provided in our show notes. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 13 9276 or 13yarn .org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.